With a perspective on giving that's not often thought of, here's Pastor Ed Taylor. When we talk about the gift of giving, God is the giver. We're really the receivers of everything. Because even when we give back unto the Lord through the ministry here, or a radio ministry, or some godly ministry that you really feel passionate about and you support in addition to your tithes and offerings, you, you give unto the Lord, you're able to give, I'm able to give because of what we've received. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You laid down your life. That I would be set free. Oh, Jesus, I sing for done for me. What do we have that we did not receive, the scripture tells us. And the abundance we've received from the Lord moves us to give. This is poignant, considering the many freedoms we enjoy in our country by the sacrifices made long ago. As you get ready for the 4th of July weekend, join us for Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. Stirred up by the memory of our founders and of our Lord, we'll discover the value and blessing of giving today. From Romans chapter 12, here is Pastor Ed. So four gifts we've looked at already, beginning in verse 6. It says, having then gifts differing according to the grace that's given to us, let us use them. We looked at the gift of prophecy. Let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. The gift of ministry or service in verse 7, let us use it in our ministering. The gift of teaching in our teaching, verse 8. He who exhorts in exhortation. And now we come to the gift of giving. And so far, so many of you have already recognized that motivational gift in your life and why you are the way you are, what your bent is, why you're wired the way you are, how you relate to people. And it's great, isn't it? The unity that God gives us with diversity. Because we could take up everyone last week that recognized, said, you know, I think I have that gift of exhortation. We could bring 20 people up with the gift of exhortation and watch that gift be exercised in 20 unique ways. Because you're unique and individual. And together, the body of Christ, there's great unity in tremendous diversity. So we're not all the same way. We don't have to be like someone else. We just need to be like who God has created us and obey him. And the Bible says, you can jot it down in 1 Corinthians 12, it says the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. And that's why we're gifted. And so we get to serve God. It's not that we have to serve God. We get to serve God with his gifts, his way, for his glory. And what an incredible privilege for every one of us to be able to serve. So what does it look like what are the nuances of these gifts look like? I'm going to take an example and paint a picture of how the different people with the different gifts will respond to the same exact example. So the example I want to give you is that we've decided that we have taken on the task of teaching little Jackie how to ride a bike. That's our goal. And so with the four gifts that we've already looked at, this is what these folks, what you might say if you have this particular gift to little Jackie to teach her how to ride a bike. You ready? So the person with prophecy, 
might say something like this, okay, Jackie, here's your bike. Get on that bike and ride it. You can do it. Whatever you do, Jackie, don't fall off. Pay attention, focus, keep your hands on the handlebars. Remember, there's a black and whiteness to the gift of prophecy. And so it's just very matter of fact, you know, get on the bike and go, right? The gift of service, well, this is what you might sound like. Just a minute, Jackie, before you get on, let me fix that seat. It's way too high for you. Oh, yeah, let me check the air in those tires, too. And while I'm at it, I'll readjust those training wheels for you. I'll even run alongside of you just in case you fall off. I'll pick you up. I'll put you back on. Come on, I want to be here to help you ride the bike. The gift of teaching, this is what you might sound like. This is a bicycle, Jackie. <laughs> Do you know what a bicycle is? A bicycle is a vehicle with two wheels in tandem, typically propelled by pedals and having handlebars for steering and a saddle-like seat. Now this is how you do it. You sit down, you push the pedals with your feet, balancing your weight like this, holding the handlebars like this. Remember, very direct, very specific. You really want someone to understand what you're saying. The gift of exhortation might sound like this. Come on, Jackie, you can ride this bike. Let's go, I know you can do it. And then the one with the gift of exhortation would run alongside little Jackie, holding the bike up as she rode, cheering on, making sure that she stays encouraged and comforted as she takes those first few pushes on the pedals. And so you can see how with the same exact situation would change your perspective and how to help someone depending on what motivational gift God has given you to come alongside and help. And you can see for each of the four examples, there's room for every single one of them. There's need for every single one of them to help little Jackie move forward in riding her bike. And you can see how God uses different people at different times. Let's just say that Jackie on the bike is you in your Christian life wanting to move forward. And so at the right time in different places in your life to help you move forward, you're going to have someone that teaches you very specifically, and simplicity of walking in the Spirit. Then you're going to have somebody maybe with the gift of prophecy It's going to be very direct to you and illuminate a scripture in your life to help you get through this. And then you're going to have someone come along with the gift of service, and they're just going to be there to help you and to meet the needs that are in your life. You have the gift of service, someone with the gift of service in your life that will come along and meet needs that you didn't even know you had to help you move forward. You have somebody with the gift of exhortation that's going to be there that God's going to use to keep you moving forward, to keep you comforted, to keep you encouraged. And it's so neat that we have these gifts. Remember, prophecy we defined as declaring the truth. Ministry or service is practicing the truth. Teaching is explaining the truth. Exhortation is applying the truth. And now we come to the next gift here in verse 8. He who gives with liberality, the gift of giving. This nonverbal gift can be defined along those same lines as supporting the truth. The word here in the Greek, give, this word give literally means to impart and to share what you have. To give what you have, to share it, to give it away. The idea, the picture is of a person, a giver that loves it just generates joy and encouragement in their life when they impart and they share what they have with others. You could say that the person with the gift of giving just can't give enough into people's lives. It's just how they're wired. There's a deeper meaning underlying this word as well, and that's the idea of that person that has the gift of giving often gives at great sacrifice to themselves. 
It's not just the idea of, well, that person gives a lot because they have a lot. No, no, not that at all. The person that gives a lot usually gives in sacrifice, in proportion to what they have. And the person that doesn't have much gives in proportion to what they have. And they both, whether you have much or little, you give sacrificially. God has given some men and women to his church this supernatural ability to help people through giving in order to support the truth that God himself is a giver. That's a big picture of our Heavenly Father that we need to grasp with this gift. All of these beautiful spiritual gifts flow from our Heavenly Father. We're made in his image. And so all of these gifts, God to us speaks forth his word into our lives. He has that gift of prophecy in our lives. God, he serves and ministers to us. When, when you think of these giftings, God teaches us, God exhorts us, and you know, God gives. And he gives, and he gives, and he gives. A person that's motivated by this gift of giving, this person that's moved in giving, has a deep seated emotional connection to others that is exercised through giving. There is a connection that's made spiritually and sometimes emotionally that moves on the person and their first response is, what can I do to help? Not in the realm of service as much as in the realm of resources. What can I do to help? I'll give you a great example just already. For some of you already, as you saw the flyer of this ministry outreach into Cairo, you're already thinking, not when, but how much would God have you to support that? You're already thinking about it. You don't need any more information. You don't need to make a phone call. You don't need to send an email. And even if you did, it would just be to clarify to make sure that you understand what you're giving to. That's just how you're wired. It's just how you work. A person that loves to give just loves meeting the needs of other people. They love to see other people's needs met. They tend to see, those of you that have the gift of giving, you have an ability to see needs in people's lives or needs in churches' lives or needs even at work or at home that other people overlook. They don't see them at all. But you tend to see them all the time and want to jump in and meet them. When you see those needs, you're moved to almost immediately supply them with your own resources, just to jump in. Oftentimes, that's, that's seen in a small way with you teachers. Those of you that teach, you just love to provide the resources for the kids. You're just going to do it. It's not even a second thought in your mind. You're not even counting the cost. You just know what your kids need, and you get it for them because you just want to bless them. You don't even want to be up on their hearts or on their parents' hearts. That's not that you just want to give. It's an interesting gift to be exercised because people with the gift of giving usually prefer to give quietly and behind the scenes. People with the gift of giving don't like to have a lot of attention drawn to them. They don't like things named after them. They're not, it's not why they're giving, to be remembered forever. They're just giving unto the Lord. And it's something sweet and wonderful when you and I can give and just think of the glory of God, and let him sort out anything else. Those that have the gift of giving find a great deal of satisfaction of being that source or supply for the work of the Lord, for the work of the ministry, and don't want to be known. You know, a person with the gift of giving takes very seriously what the Word of God says about giving. 
and is always looking to give their resources unto the Lord. You take it very seriously. Those with the gift of giving at times take it so seriously that they can take a personal offense when they hear of other people refusing to give. They don't understand it. It's like, what do you mean you don't give? What is it that you don't understand? Those with the gift of giving are often the motivators in ministering to those that don't give, explaining clearly what the scriptures say. When a person with the gift of giving gives, whether it's in the church, financially, resources, tithes, offerings, or some thing that they give unto the work of the ministry, and it does include time and it does include your talents, but really it, it's motivating this gift of giving is when you give, as you give, those with the gift of giving see it as an eternal investment. And they're patient. They understand investments. Those with the gift of giving understand that there takes time to see investments pay off. And those that give to God's work, to the Lord's work, they see it as an eternal investment in God's kingdom. And they take seriously what Jesus said. Turn over to Matthew chapter 6. This gift of giving. Now, by this time here, you go, well, man, I'm off the hook. I don't have the gift of giving. I never have to give another dime ever again. No, 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 no. No, that's not it at all. The ministry is fueled by the resources of his people. The resources of his people are what fuels our ministry. Your prayers, your tithes, your offerings, what you give. You don't give, then we don't move. Because we believe here at Calvary where God guides, he provides. And so if he's not providing through his congregation, then he may not be guiding us to take this big step of faith or to step out in faith in some crazy outreach way or to invest in an outreach to our community or help someone downtown or all the other things that this church is involved in financially. If you don't give, then, then we move without your resources. But you know, yearly when God is guiding, he does provide. He could provide through you, which is our prayer. You know, we pray regularly for the blessing of God upon those that give regularly here. We pray for that regularly. You're a regular giver, we pray for you. And we thank God for you and your connection to him. And we also pray for those of you that don't give anything. Because that perspective in your life, See, a person with the gift of giving also has an attitude that can spill over into us as believers, and that is whether things are going really, really well for you right now or going really, really tough, that doesn't stumble a person that gives. They give in proportion to where God has given to them. Because a lot of times what happens is there's, there might be a faithful path in your life of giving where you might be a great giver. You can look back maybe in a season of your life where you were a real good giver, and then you hit some roadblock and you stopped giving and you never picked it up again. You got used to it. You got used to, well, I don't, I don't really need to give. I can get away with it. And you might have hit a tough spot. And you didn't give anything anymore. You never gave in proportion to your faith. You just, for some reason, you stopped and you never picked it up again. And what a bad habit to fall into. A person with the gift of giving, even when times are tough, they still give. They still find... You know, there's two types of people. There are people that try to find a way to get out of giving, and there are people that try to find a way to continue to give no matter what is going on in their life. And we have to ask ourselves, don't we? Which kind of people are we? Because the attitude toward giving, it's such a personal thing. And you know, here at Calvary, we take a low-key approach to giving... We teach on it when it comes up in the scriptures. We're not heavy-handed here. We're just going to let the Spirit of God move. But you've got to understand, when we teach on it, we teach what it, the Bible says. And there really is nowhere where the Bible says, you know, don't worry about giving. 
It's really a vital part. Sometimes people might view giving as some fundraising motive of the church or of God, that God uses giving to raise funds for the church. Now, we already know, right? The Bible's clear. God owns a cattle on a thousand hills. Yeah, he owns everything. What's in your pocket, what's in my pocket, he owns it all. So God doesn't use giving to fundraise. But let me say this, and just tuck this in the back of your mind. God does use giving to raise his disciples and raise his kids. He does use giving in our lives. Every time we give, we give a little bit of our selfishness away. We give a little bit of our self-sufficiency away. We give a little bit of who we are in the flesh away. And we might be, in some of your situations right now, in your giving, you're giving and you're adding a little bit more faith to your life. And you're adding a little bit more satisfaction to your life as you're able to give unto the work of the Lord and honor God with the first fruits of all that he's done for you. And what a great pattern. This is what Jesus said. Give, those with the gift of giving, take this seriously. Verse 19 of Matthew chapter 6. He says, Don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. Does that sound like a suggestion to you? Hmm, me either. Verse 20, But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. Does that sound like a suggestion to you? No, it's very clear, Jesus says. You're going to have a temptation. You and I are going to face the temptation to lay up for ourselves treasures on earth. And all of us have been there. Some of us might still be there, even as I speak. An investment in this world, just everything in this world, all about this world. It's, it's the world that just keeps telling us to think about Just keep thinking about me. Keep serving me. Keep yourself rooted. Don't think eternally. Jesus comes on the scene and says, don't fall into that trap. And just the way not to fall into that trap is simple. Verse 19, don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. That's the way to avoid that temptation. And the positive is to invest spiritually, eternally. And then he gives the essence here what giving and laying up really is. He says, where your treasure is, verse 21, there your heart will be also. So he says your heart will be in one of two places, earth or heaven, earthly or spiritually, earthbound, where Peter and many other writers say this earth isn't going to last, it's not going to be eternal, there's going to be a new heavens, a new earth. You lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, you're going to lose them. And then the alternative is spiritually, in the lives. And you know there are only two eternal things on the earth today. The souls of men and the word of God. That's it. And you know you ever wonder, Ed, why... Why would we have our, as our vision for the church evangelism if we had to just nail it down just to one word, evangelism? Well, because the souls of men and women are eternal. And that's where our heart is to see, well, maybe even some of you. You come into a church service and perhaps you're expecting a very routine, ritualistic service. Just to come through and have, say, I've gone to church. But here, not only will you be able to gather with the saints here in this building and in this place and this time, and then go through some songs like most churches do in town and teach the Bible like most churches do in town. And it seems to be very similar, but I'll tell you, when you come into 
a godly group of believers, whether it's here or somewhere else, God wants to grab your heart. He doesn't just want to impart some little tidbits of information to you so you can know a little bit more about the gift of giving. The stumbling block for many people is not admitting that you're wrong, that you're guilty. It couldn't be you. But see, the Bible says it's all of us have been wrong. All of us have sinned against a holy and a righteous God. All of us are in need of forgiveness, and God has provided only one source, and that's His Son, Jesus Christ, who came to live for you, to die for you, and He rose again the third day so that by faith, something beautiful happens in the spiritual realm. God, He transacts spiritual business with your heart. As you place your faith in Jesus Christ, turning from sin, the Bible says in that instant you're born again. New life. It really is true. You can never outgive God. Even in giving your life to Him, He gives eternal life, which is not merely a quantity of life, but a quality of life that has no rivals. We'll hear more about this life that God gives and the gift of giving next time on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. Well, Pastor Ed, the 4th of July is tomorrow, and I think it's fitting that you talked about the gift of giving today. What comes to your mind as we celebrate our nation's independence, especially in light of all that we've been through recently? Well, happy Independence Day as it comes upon us tomorrow and how grateful we are for the freedoms that we've been given. I know it's been a very challenging season for the last many months as freedoms have been taken or our freedoms have been restricted or we've been asked to lay aside certain freedoms uh, for the greater good of our community. And I know with COVID and the quarantine, there's a lot of different opinions, uh, a lot of different attitudes. And, and, and again, uh, the, the reality of that is, is such as it is. But from the Holy Spirit's perspective, God values freedom. It is for freedom that we've been set free that we might walk not in a freedom where we can do whatever we want, but rather we can, walk, we can do whatever He wants because our freedom is a surrendered freedom. Our freedom is a yielded freedom. Our freedom is one that's under the blood of Jesus Christ. And our freedom as citizens of heaven comes in our abiding relationship with Jesus. You see, when you abide in Christ, you are free to do whatever you want to do because the Spirit of God lives in you, leading and guiding you to give you new desires. Remember what the Bible says? I get so excited about this, that it's God that works in you first to will and then to do. And so your desires that come from Him, what a tremendous freedom. But we also are citizens of this country, and I'm grateful to live in the greatest country uh, that has ever existed. And, and we're not a perfect country. We have a lot of problems, a lot of challenges, a lot of difficulties. I think we're in a place right now where our country in general has turned their back on God, and He's reaching out uh, to us mercifully. But if our church, we as believers, will call out, humble ourselves, find ourselves in a position of prayer, God will answer our prayers, and He will heal our land, and He will use us. How will He heal our land? by seeing more and more men and women come to faith. So as you think of the 4th of July, we're grateful for our independence for sure, but we're truly not independent. We're interdependent, beginning uh, in our new born-again relationship with God through His blood, and then interdependent with one another through love, giving preference to one another. So what a great question. Happy 4th of July. May the Lord bless you and encourage you. And from those of us here at Calvary Church, Abounding Grace, Grace FM Radio Network, thank you for allowing us to be a small part 
of the huge work that God is doing in your life. Thanks for sharing that, Pastor Ed. And listening friend, if you'd like to hear today's program again, stop by AboundingGraceRadio.com. Hey, are you looking for some good summertime reading? If you're like me and like to pull out a good book to read on vacation, we'd like to recommend Love, The More Excellent Way. In the late 1960s, an entire generation was searching for love. Maybe you've been on your own quest to find it. This encouraging and practical book by Chuck Smith will show you what real love is and how to discover it. You'll learn about God's love for us and our love for God in response. Request a copy today when you support Abounding Grace with a gift of $25 or more by calling 877-30-GRACE. We can't thank you enough for your support. God is doing a wonderful work through the radio these days, and you can be a part of it. Call toll-free 877-30-GRACE or go online to AboundingGraceRadio.com. Have a safe and enjoyable 4th of July celebration, and we'll catch you back here on Monday when Pastor Ed Taylor returns to our study of Romans on Abounding Grace. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado.